All right, we're still, we're still on page 183 in Lutheran Service Book with the post communion collect. Uh, so the third optional prayer is a little bit different. Notice, uh, you know, the beginning, gracious God, our Heavenly Father. And then the, uh, the statement of what was given. You have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. A foretaste of the feast to come concerning what? I'm you sorry. Ever I'm sorry. I'm just getting the giggles over everybody eating their pastries while you're reading that. Eternal life. Yeah. Eternal life. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's uh, plenty of examples in, in the Gospels uh, of kind of a heavy, heavenly blank, the, the heavenly banquet. Yes. Say that five times. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the heavenly banquet, uh, you know, and, and being a part of that. So one one stands out, you know, where uh, where we have uh, a father who is giving his bank uh, a wedding banquet for his son, a wedding feast, and he went out and invited those, you know, he called those who were invited, and they said, well, I just bought a farm, I just got married, you know, they gave excuse after excuse. Um, and then the servants went back and, and they said, yeah, they all said no, they weren't coming. And then eventually they send out and go to the highways and byways kind of thing. And then that's, you know, that that's kind of a picture of heaven. And uh, then of course there was an individual there that did not have a wedding garment on. And we know uh, that he was, he was thrown out. Um, but uh, you know, there, there's plenty of that uh, in the New Testament. Also, uh, feasting, uh, not surprisingly, there was a lot of feasting going on in the Old Testament, too. And a lot of significant meals, I, I think, that are somewhat um, overlooked. Now, now, certainly the Passover is not so much overlooked. Um, I, I think it's often overlooked with, in connection with the Lord's Supper and Christ's fulfillment of that. Um, but, but one place that I'm thinking of in particular is when... Uh, when God and the two angels visited Abraham, and they actually ate. The angels and God ate in Abraham's presence. And then we know that uh, this was around Genesis 18, I think. Uh, you know, and the two angels go off to Sodom and Gomorrah to warn Lot, and God remains behind. And... Uh, and then he says, should I hide from my servant what I'm going to do? And then you, you see this conversation. You know, um, Abraham pleads for Sodom and Gomorrah, if you find 50 righteous, will you condemn the city? Nope. 45, 30, 35, 30, 20, 10. You got them down to 10. Uh, but there weren't even 10 righteous in the city, right? So, um, yeah. A foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your son's body and blood. I mean, that, you know, we, we mentioned this with reference to the, the proper preface, uh, or the, I guess, the, the sanctus. Um, you know, just before that, the pastor says, you know, with angels and dark angels and with all the company of heaven, we're praising with them, and they're praising with us, too. You know, the, the, the wonderful glories of God. And so we're confessing here what... Uh, you know, what, what Christ himself gives in this feast, this heavenly feast, and there was mention about uh, 
about the hymn, which we will be singing uh, soon, uh, and uh, at the Lamb's High Feast we sing. That'll be uh, the sermon hymn uh, in, in one of the services coming up. And uh, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful hymn. You just have to pay attention uh, closely to the words, too. So now we have this petition. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage. And that, uh, of course, that's what we're on. And the pilgrimage kind of you know, has this idea that we're heading somewhere. In other words, we're not just staying here. You know, so even if you if you just have lived in Clovis all your life, I don't know. Has anyone lived in Clovis all their life? Or most of you? Oh, you've been. Okay. Still, yeah. Okay. Wasn't in Clovis. Close, close enough, right? He moved to Texas for three years. No, not for a year. Okay. You just had to come back, though, right? Seven months, I guess. What? You just had to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the pilgrimage, you might still be in the same place, but the pilgrimage, of course, that is being spoken of is, is the way to heaven or on the journey. You know, so sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll talk that way as, as God's people, you know, like uh, Abraham journey, the people of Israel journey to the promised land. Uh, we, are, we are on uh, a journey on a pilgrimage too. Um, and one one of the uh, one of the books that kind of comes to mind is called The Pilgrim's Progress. Have you heard of that, John Bunyan? Um, he, I think he wrote that from prison, if I'm not mistaken, from jail. Uh, but it's about a, 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 a character named Christian. You know that, uh, and, and it, it depicts very uh, illustratively uh, the, uh, the the Christian life. So you you have uh, you have characters named Temptation, for example, or um, sister or brother or, um, you know, things like that. Uh, but talking about the, the journey, the pilgrimage to the celestial kingdom, you know, kind of thing. So, um, but uh, yeah, throughout our days of pilgrimage, um, that on the day of his coming, speaking of the second coming in particular, we may together with all your saints, those who have died before us and those who are still living with us, uh, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in His kingdom, which has no end. Okay, uh, uh, an everlasting party, if you will. Uh, being in God's uh, presence for all eternity. And then again, the, the conclusion through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. So that's very similar. Um, a question was asked about the, the history of these prayers, and I, I don't have any information about that, but I'll, uh, I'll do some digging around uh, to see. Uh, my, my, my gut uh, reaction is that the, the, the third is probably more recent. Um, the, uh, the first two actually were in LW, but also, I think, also in TLH, were they not? I know one of them was, uh, but I, I think perhaps both of them were. Uh, so I, I think there's there's some historical precedent, uh, precedent, um, but uh, you know that you know that this uh, moves me a little bit to reflect on the fact that you know hymnals and uh, liturgies you know can adjust too over time. So uh, you know, and that's and I'm not saying only in a bad way, but also in a good way using you know. Using uh, uh, using different words for saying similar things, 
right? You know, giving emphasis. Was there a comment somewhere? Yeah. Actually, um, what comes to mind, not only the, the hymn of praise, this is the feast of victory on this third collect, but also, uh, and you made some references to various feasts or feast references in the scripture. Yeah. I, 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 wonder, I really think that it's, it's uh, intriguing to look at Isaiah 25, which is actually the Old Testament for Resurrection Sunday. Yeah. And, that one, and it says, And the Lord of hosts will prepare a lavish banquet for all the peoples on this mountain, a banquet of aged wine, choice pieces with marrow, and refined aged wine. And on this mountain he will swallow up the covering which is over all peoples, even the veil which is stretched over all the nations. He will swallow up death for all time, and the Lord God will wipe tears away from all faces, and he will remove the reproach of his people from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. And it just kind of also reflects how the scripture ends with Revelation 19 and 20 and 21 about his wiping away every tear having the final say over death. Right. But there it is, Isaiah 25. This whole concept of victory over death, which certainly points to the resurrection, also points to the final culmination that is described as a, a, a lavish banquet, even with the choicest of wines, which of course was the first miracle Jesus publicly did. Right, yeah, yeah. Which is really surprising because- A wedding know, banquet. Yeah. With alcohol, person. I mean, that's. <laughs> but this is how we finish the divine service with that particular prayer. Is that it's it focuses our attention mm -hmm. to what is coming for us right. all as yeah. we're in Christ. Yeah, it, it, it you know and and so it, it does have kind of the, the the future ramifications you know in terms of looking ahead, but also simultaneously looking at the present. What did we just receive? What did God just presently give us you know and uh, you know in, in some of our collects and some of our prayers too you know we um, I'm thinking for example let's see um, yeah in, in the front of uh, LSB at the very front um, you know you have the prayers for worship which uh, which which are are, are are kind of there to be used and I, th these are th these put into to words what uh, what what God's people um, pray for. So I, I'm thinking, for example, of before communion. You know, looking at the prayer there, dear Savior, your gracious invitation, I come to your table to eat and drink your body and blood. Let me find favor in your eyes to receive this holy sacrament in faith for the salvation of my soul. Uh, that has to do not only presently but eternally. It doesn't only have to do with eternal, but present. Heirs of eternal life. Yeah. Here and now, but... Yeah, so here and not yet, yet, right? Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, into the glory of your holy name. All right, so, and then and then notice also uh, the thanksgiving after receiving the sacrament. Almighty and everlasting God, I thank and praise you for feeding me with the life-giving body and blood of your beloved Son. That's, in fact, what just happened. Send your Holy Spirit, that having with my mouth received the Holy Sacrament, I may by faith obtain and eternally enjoy your divine grace, the forgiveness of sins, unity with Christ, and life eternal. So, I mean, that those phrases encompass everything from here until 
and, and, and through eternity, right? Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. But, you know, another resource to use um, and, and, and to pray, you know, and, uh, um, you know, what, what, a, what a gift it is. Now, what, what I do find kind of curious about the post-communion collect, you don't see any, any, uh, any explicit Bible passages. Maybe there is in the, in the personal edition. No. No, okay. Although um, there is a 402 and a 403 and a 404. Yeah, and those have to, I, I think somewhere there's probably a, 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 a listing of prayers. <laughs> so somewhere there's a listing of prayers um, that, that are numbered. I'm looking at uh, page 308, 312, back in there where all the prayers are. They only they only go up to about 302 or something. Yeah, the, I, I'm sure there's another uh, there's another book. Uh, and I, I don't know if it would refer to uh, the uh, the uh, uh, not the agenda, but uh, the the altar book. You know, I, and I still have to look at that. But I, I'm, I'm, there's a place where these prayers are located. And that's why they're numbered as they the, are. The prayers you read, I don't have on the inside cover of this book. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's, but, but on the Pew edition, you'll find them. Yeah. What I've looked at is page 308 for right reception of the Lord's Supper and then Thanksgiving after receiving their sacrament. And they're different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, they're completely different. Yeah. These are just handy because you just open it up. It's a prayer before service begins. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. That's really yeah. handy. I use it. Now that I'm sitting in the pew, I like this a lot. Yeah. On entering the church, before worship, after worship, mm -hmm. you know, even you know, praying it, for the sermon. Mm -hmm. There's a prayer there for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Blessing of the word. That's great. For sure. Okay. There's. Um, all right. So uh, just to kind of recap, uh, you know, that uh, for mm -hmm. reference, with reference to the collect. Uh, this is from the LFB Glossary. It's a brief structured prayer, usually consisting of five parts. Uh, notice that usually. So you have the address to God. And you could do this with, you know, you could look at it this way from the post-communion, you know, collects. Or at the post-communion collects, look at their structure too. We kind of identified those in a, in, a, in a loose fashion. But address to God, basis for the prayer, petition, desired benefit or result, and the Trinitarian Okay, so generally speaking, when we when we you know when a collect is prayed, there will be um, kind of that structure, you know, that, that goes on. Um, even even with uh, you know the, the prayer of the church as we have it, you know, even as we respond, Lord in your mercy, you know, hear our prayer, or Lord hear our prayer, have mercy, kind of thing. Um, you know, there's still a structure to each of those petitions generally, and it, it, it follows very closely uh, with this pattern addressed to God, basis for the prayer, petition, desired benefit, result, uh, that, for example, uh, you'll follow in the, in the conclusion. Um, but usually when there's responses, Lord, in your mercy, you know, you would say, like, through Jesus Christ, your Lord, Lord, in your mercy, something like that. Um, Trinitarian formulas or Trinitarian conclusions. Uh, we find them in many of our prayers, but not all of them, especially in the prayer of the church. Because um, we kind of include the various petitions <coughs> together. So, um, Now, with reference to uh, um, the Benedictimus, I'm going to move to the next uh, 
the next section, the benedictus, the benediction. Uh, of course, the benediction is from Numbers uh, chapter six. The Lord bless you, or based off that. And I want to I want to look at that uh, a little bit um, when we get to it. But first, the benedictus. And I'd like us to uh, to open to Psalm one hundred three. Excuse me. Uh, the benedictus means Latin, or is Latin for "Bless we the Lord." And of course, uh, it's it's not in divine service setting two. Um, I think. Let's see. Yeah, on page two hundred twelve um, of LSB. After the post-communion collect, then you have the benedictus, which is, uh, let us bless the Lord, thanks be to God. Okay, so Psalm 103 is, is, is kind of where that's from, or at least one of the portions there. And Psalm 103. And it's, it's kind of a, a, a longer, uh, a, a, well, it's not that long. But, but especially at the beginning and the end, um, verse, uh, verse 1 and following, you have, uh, verse 1 and 2, you have, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. And, you know, of course this is couched, the, the, the benedictus, bless the Lord, you know, has to do with everything also that transpired before, that took place before. So let us bless the Lord and thanks be to God. Having reflected, having received, having been given all these gifts of God, the forgiveness of sins, uh, you know, an answer to prayer, uh, His Word preached, uh, forgiveness in the Lord's Supper, then we say, let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, uh, again, verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, etc., etc. Um, and, and this is all like a, about what God himself does. So verse 6, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Now, um, even, as I, even as I read that, this is going to be read very differently uh, by non-Christians today. Even by, by those who call themselves Christians today. Uh, because, you know, um, and, and where I'm coming from is, okay, we've, you know, the, the, the words given by God have been redefined. You know, uh, the Lord works righteousness. What does that mean? The Lord works righteousness. How is that, how can that be seen apart from what God has done in Christ Jesus? You can't. And justice for all who are oppressed, that sounds like something that, uh, um, you know, that the mob... I shouldn't say that, but but what many are calling for today, justice. But it's not real justice that they're calling for. It's one-sided. Yeah, I mean, and, and reparations and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but but those who are oppressed, who does that refer to? Sinners. Sinners, yeah. Who are troubled by their sin. And, uh, you know, those who are oppressed, it's, it's not, this is not a minority, majority kind of thing. You know, but the oppressed are those who are righteous in God's sight, but suffering for righteousness' sake. Right. So, I mean, Peter speaks that way in, in his letters. Um, Blessed are you when when you are when you are when you suffer for doing good as a Christian. 
Um, you know, and, and, and there he also speaks about entrusting oneself to the Creator who helps and, and gives aid. And, and notice this is also couched in, in terms of, uh, okay, so the Lord, uh, on, on verse 6, or in verse 6, that um, L-O-R-D, um, that is, that is uh, you know, the way that uh, in, the New or in the Old Testament specifically, uh, where the word uh, Lord is translated from Yahweh, or Jehovah, you know, as it's, it's known. So uh, Yahweh works righteousness. Uh, notice... You know, this, this one who works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed um, speaks directly about that. He made known his ways to Moses. He acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will chide, but not always, nor will he keep his anger forever. Uh, and then we get that, those beautiful words in verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Uh, he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust, and etc. etc. Um, I mean, this is a great this is a great chapter just to, to look at and study, uh, and reflect on and, and meditate on. Uh, verse twenty and following, we we get the, the three, actually the four. Uh, phrases, bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his servants, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Again, we have that refrain. Uh, there are some psalms that do this, of course, you know, in the middle of the psalm too. Um, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever, and that's a that's a continual refrain. I think in Psalm 118, various other places too. We'll give thanks to the Lord for He is good, and then His mercy endures forever. Dot dot dot. His mercy endures forever, um, and, and the like. Um, but but we see here in Psalm 103 the very reasons why the psalmist blesses the Lord in the psalm because of what God has done, right, and what He continues to do. Uh, let's look at uh, Psalm 104, the next psalm. And uh, again, um, we kind of have a similar thing going on with uh, that blessing the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. And then what, what follows is you know, God's work of creation and how he sustains what he gives. And you go throughout these, and then verse 35, let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Uh, bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, again, uh, it, it, it is proper and right to bless the Lord for all that he does. Um, even, you know, and, and we're, we're kind of hesitant to pray the prayer Verse 35, let sinners be consumed from the earth. Um, but but you might recall that in one place the psalmist says, you know, I hate those who hate you, you know, kind of thing, or I hate those who you hate. Uh, namely, those who despise and reject God's word. You know, um, yes, it is true that, that love is extended to them, uh, remember Pharaoh, whose heart was hardened, whose heart God pardoned? 
he gave him opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. But we learn in Romans that God has mercy on whom he will for his purposes, not for theirs, but for his. So by hardening Pharaoh's heart and by his heart being hardened, God demonstrated mercy to his people Israel. So these are part of God's ways too. Notice Romans 12 also as we start winding down. Romans 12 in the New Testament with reference to blessing the Lord is not only talk, but actually doing also. So verses 1 and 2 of Romans 12, this kind of gets at the New Testament priests, if you will. Priests today, different from the Old Testament priests in terms of giving sacrifice, offering sacrifice. Notice what he says in verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Not just your mouth, not just your words in doing that, but also in your life. Your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So notice the connect, too, between the spiritual worship, the believing, and also the living sacrifice part, you know, the body. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, and by testing you, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, so let us bless the Lord. That's all encompassing. It's not just with words. You know, uh, it, it is true, uh, as, as, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Uh, but he's not talking, as we talked about before, in terms of somebody can say what a Christian says, but that doesn't make them Christian. Someone can say the creed, but that doesn't make them Christian. Someone can say the Lord's Prayer, but that does not mean that they're praying. Because really, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, it, it has to do with faith. Um, and, and, you know, faith, we understand, uh, scripturally, is a gift of God. So even if one is not able to speak, that doesn't mean they don't believe. It just means they can't speak. Uh, but the one who can speak uh, and does believe will confess the faith. Uh, so, so Paul says, for example, in, in Romans 10, uh, feel free to turn that, uh, to, you know, turn to Romans 10. Um he says in verse 9, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's not the act of confessing that saves. It's what Christ has done and uh, one's confidence and trust in what Christ has done and therefore confession will also be made. Right. Um, so verse 10, With the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And that's why... You know, Jesus in, uh, I think it's in Luke 10, very clearly says to his disciples, He who confesses me before men, I will confess before my Father in heaven. But he who denies me or does not confess me before men, him I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Right? Um, so as one believes, so also one will confess. So, 
Um, in saying that, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, conclude with the benediction next week. Uh, but in saying that, um, what we what we say, what we confess, what we pray, uh, identifies us as Christian. As we confess, as we say, as we pray, as the Lord gives us to do, right? Um, so, uh, so with that, we'll uh, we'll close with prayer. I, I did uh, want to ask, or I, I have a request, and I, I know there's been a few uh, a, a few topics uh, given, but uh, we might not get to it next week, but. Uh, in a couple weeks, we'll begin a new study. So, if you're if you're interested in, in studying anything in particular, I know mention of a book of the Bible, um, and and what I'm thinking is, if it's a book of the Bible or if it's another topic, um, depending how I, I guess we go until what May or the beginning of June ish, sometime somewhere along in there, whenever we okay. So it'd be a little it'd be a little shorter because we're we're kind of coming up. I can't believe it's the 21st of April already. Yeah. Right. So, um, so we're we're thinking probably about a month or so, probably maybe a month and a half, or close to. Um, so it'd be a it'd be a kind of a, a shorter thematic study topic. Um, but there there are brief there there are smaller books of the Bible too. But uh, but even Jonah, like I, I think with Jonah, some there was a comment made about Jonah, and I think there's a commentary that's probably 400, 500 pages. <laughs> so um, those can get pretty, yeah. Because um, there's there's a lot of background there too, you know, that, that would need to be covered. But uh, but if you have any ideas, please uh, pass them along. Uh, you know, after study, uh, preferably, and we can uh, certainly talk about those.